So you want a six-figure marketing agency. I know you because you were me. You want a six-figure marketing agency so that you can achieve financial freedom. You want to be able to work where you want, when you want, on your own terms. You want to impress the people that you grew up around and demonstrate to your friends and your parents that you're actually worthwhile and you're actually capable of doing something. But above all, you dread the nine to five. You're terrified of mediocrity and you want to be special. And in this video, I'm going to walk you through exactly how you can do that. I'm going to give you the framework I used to build my first agency to $10,000 a month. There are 12 steps. I'm going to give you the exact order. But before I do that, I'm going to share a framework with you, a method of thinking that is so powerful that it's got me to a million dollars a month in my current business. And it's, it's imperative. If you learn the 12 steps without learning the framework that you need to apply them, they are useless. And also, if you can't sit and watch a video for like 20 minutes on how to actually build a business, how the hell are you going to do anything of value? Don't be one of those people that just watches like five minutes and then gets bored because there's a girl shaking her ass on the side of the screen. Pay attention. This video will change your life if you let it. Let's get into it. So here's how to build. So the first thing that you need to know is what your goal is. Work without a goal is completely pointless. Your body will not voluntarily complete painful work consistently without significant justification. It needs a sense of progress along a meaningful trajectory. So what you want to do is you want to start by setting 110 and one-year goals that mean something to you. Because you can have your goal of six figures, you want to get to 10 grand a month, for example, whatever that looks like, but you need to think a little bit further ahead than this. Because if you use the method I'm going to teach you in this video, you will get to 10 grand a month. So you need to start asking yourself, well, what's my, what's my decade-long goal? What's my 100-year goal? What do I actually want in the long term? Because once you fulfill the short term, if you haven't got a long-term goal to fall back on, what happens is you become demotivated, you plateau, and trust me, that I've been there. It's not very pleasant. So my goals, 100-year goal is to have a company valued at 100 billion. God willing, I survived that long, right? 10-year goal is company valued at 1 billion. And my one-year goal is a company making 20 million a year and a $10 million property portfolio. Now, we're actually on our way to both of these things becoming very true, which is very exciting. But you can sort of see how these are stacked up on top of each other. So what I want you to do is write down your 100-year, 10-year, and 1-year goal. I want you to set high, all right? I want you to look at these goals and push yourself because you might think, well, there's no way in hell I could have a company valued at a billion in the next decade, but you don't know how quickly you can change, all right? They don't have to be dollar amounts, right? So these goals, you, you don't have to fall into the pattern that I'm in where you're going for money, right? The reason I want to be a billionaire is because I feel like that's how you complete the game. I just want to play the game, for lack of better words. You could have your 100-year goal could be reverse climate change, or maybe like everyone in Africa has drinking water. You know what I mean? These can be big vision-based goals. They don't have to do with money. And you can start your agency and, you know, use that as a springboard to acquire the skills to then work on a slightly more meaningful trajectory other than just making money, right? Your 10-year goal could be to inspire a million women to become successful. Or maybe your one-year goal is to move your parents to Canada. I, I, I don't know, all right? But you see my point, it doesn't have to be money-based. If you've got other stuff you need to take care of, then by all means do it. And I can tell you now that the best goals tend to give you a feeling of responsibility. And then what happens is that responsibility indicates accountability. So when you need to work and when you're trying to do things that you need to do to hit your goals, one of the best forms of motivation and best forms of like your ability to be consistent is actually working for a responsibility. So if you're working for, towards a cause or for someone that you love, you're far more likely to actually stick through it and stick to it. So just bear that in mind when you're setting these goals, okay? Now the key is that these goals mean something to you. Your business is a means to an end. What is the end? Well, you need an end or the means are meaningless. And if the means are meaningless, then there's no reason to work. And if there's no reason to work, you're not going to do it. So 
you know, if, if you if you don't feel particularly inspired or excited by 10 grand a month, don't set the goal of 10 grand a month. My operations manager recently um, bought his dad a car so that his dad could go back to work. It was a wonderful gesture. And that's something he's always wanted to do. And so if you ask yourself about this, like, imagine having that as your motivation. <laughs> like, why are you working? Oh, so I can send my dad back to work so that he can be happy again. You're going to go to bed on time. You're going to work really hard. You're going to stay disciplined. You're not going to go out and party because now you're working for something that is way more important to you than just money. So think about that. This is the first step. And, th and I know this seems strange in like a video on how to make 10 grand a month. Like, well, you're telling me that maybe my goal shouldn't be 10 grand a month. I'm not saying it shouldn't, but I'm saying that you should look beyond just this first order consequence of making you know, six figures, because it's way deeper than that. And typically money represents a unconscious desire for something else, because the human brain doesn't really understand money. It's not engineered, it's not evolved to actually capitulate and really understand what monetary value is. What the brain understands is that the money is a vehicle for us to get something we want. So for you, you don't want 10 grand a month, you want the laptop lifestyle. You might not want 10 grand a month, you might want to impress your father. There's all sorts of reasons psychologically as to why we want money and the brain uses money as a, as a method to get that. So just think think this through very deeply because this is what you're working for. And if, if you're working for something that you don't really care about, you're not going to work, okay? If, for example, if I told you that, you know, in six months, if you don't get to 10 grand a month, your entire bloodline is going to be wiped out, you'd probably work. So when people are like, oh, I don't want to do the work. Uh, I need an accountability partner. Your best accountability partner is a good goal. So planning. Now, here's where this gets kind of exciting. So your goal is an effect that exists in the future. To create an effect in the future, we must create causes in the present. So once you've set your goal, it could be 10 grand a month, 12 grand a month, 8 grand a month, whatever it is, you need to understand that there are proven, tangible things that you can do to achieve that goal. Okay? And these are called causes. So the, the, the universe is governed by this wonderful force called cause and effect, okay? Might have heard of it. So when setting your 100, 10, and one-year goals, you want to make sure the one-year goal is causal to the 10-year goal and that the 10-year goal is causal to the 100-year goal. So this is pretty cool because if you have this sort of cascading effect where if what you want to get in 10 years affects what you're going to get in 100 years, then your 100-year goal is more likely to become like a thing, if that makes sense. The thing, with, the thing with business planning is a lot of people don't really understand what it means. If you ask any business coach what is a plan, then they're not really going to know. They're going to just bring out some cliche like, oh, fail to plan, plan to fail. Well, that's really helpful, mate. But what the hell does planning actually mean? So we all have an instinctive understanding of the word, but nobody can actually seem to define it. So I've taken the liberty of doing that. So planning is the art of defining the causes that create our desired effect and organizing them in a coherent, logical, and linear timeline set for execution. So that is how I would define planning. So when you're sitting down and you've now got your goal, you need to figure out what do I need to do to get my goal? Well, you need to have a plan. What is a plan? Well, it's basically figuring out what you need to do in what order over what time frame, which sounds really simple, but nobody thinks about it like this. To simplify my understanding of planning, we refer to causes as projects. So this is, this is where this video is going to take a bit of a weird turn, but I want you to bear with me and stick around because it will make sense. I'm going to give you a diagram in a second. It will make this very clear. I want you to see causes as projects, right? So you can do projects in your business. You can work on projects and complete them. And through the completion of those projects, you achieve your goal. If you, if you complete enough projects and complete the right projects, then your goal becomes a thing. If you want to make 10 grand a month, for example, the first project you might want to work on is figuring out a specific lead sourcing machine so you can get leads. And then the second project is maybe figuring out an appointment booking system. And then you've got another project of, filling, of completing your Calendly, right? And, have, and optimizing your Calendly for good show rights. And so every time you do something or complete something in your business, you are putting cause to effect. You are doing something that creates the goal. And if you're working on something or building a project or completing a project that doesn't help you achieve the goal, there's no point in doing it. Primary case in point is a website. When you start an agency, websites, they don't hold any value. This is an interesting point. People are like, oh, I need a website 
website so I can get traffic. But you haven't got a product, you haven't got a sales process, and traffic sent to a jam is not going to move, all right? So you don't need one. So let's get into this. So projects are things you build, complete, or finish through work. They act as steps that stack on top of one another to climb towards your goal. So I'm gonna, we're going to visualize this. Let me explain. To complete, build, or finish a project, you must take action. And action is the cornerstone of this entire premise. This is an important lesson in critical thinking. But you want to get 10 grand a month, well, it all comes down to the actions you take. So let's get into this. There's two types of action that you can use to build your agency to 10 grand a month or six figures. You've got initiative action and you've got maintenance action. It's really important you understand the distinction for these two things because if you're building a company and you're working, you need to understand what sort of action is actually required of you. It breaks down into two forms and then we can start diagnosing exactly what you need to do step by step. Initiative action is basically action taken once to build, complete or finish a project. So this is something that you do once. For example, setting up your Calendly discovery call event. That is initiative action, right? It's something that you only do once and it's done. It's not going to break the the Canonly event will be there forever maybe you have to update it once in a while but it's done. Another example is configuring your Google Calendar for productivity. Done. Maintenance action is action required to maintain a project's integrity once completed. So here's the thing about projects in your business, is sometimes you complete a project, but it requires further action for you to maintain its effect inside of the business. For example, if you hire a sales rep, they need to be trained, they need to be managed, they need to be filled up with, with calls, and all of those things are maintenance actions. Initiative actions you do once, and maintenance actions need to be done consistently and routinely. Initiative action is taken to build new systems or projects and maintenance action is taken to keep current systems or maintain the desired effects of successful projects you've already built or completed. Now maintenance action is basically how we combat something in the in the world of thinking called entropy. So a quick lesson in mental models, entropy is the idea that nothing lasts. There is an impending death coming to basically everything, including the universe, everything from the universe down to your sales reps conversion rate or your loom appointment booking rate is subject to entropy. And it means all systems go to die. All organisms die, all systems systems die, everything perishes, right? And so how do we combat entropy? Well, in business, we do it through maintenance action, okay? It's important to understand that. So examples, sales rep, right? So if you're hiring a sales rep to to build your agency, which you may well have to do in the future, the initiative action there is actually hiring the rep, building the script and onboarding the rep. These are things you do once, right? Then you have maintenance action involved in this project because the, the project is hiring the rep. This is a cause to effect, If you want to build a multi-six or seven-figure agency, someone else has to take the sales calls for you because there's only so much of you to go around. One of the causes to the effect of, of 100 grand a month, for example, is having a rep. So it's a project you have to complete. It's a box you have to tick. It's a skill you have to develop. So the maintenance action here is reviewing the calls from the reps meeting daily or or weekly for assessment, for example. And this is when you have a sales manager. That's a story for another day. I've now got eight sales reps for my business. And that's like a, that's like a a talk about a project, right? Hiring an actual huge sales team or subjectively, it's not that big, but you then have to have a sales manager and then you have to hire the sales manager. And then you've got the project of that. And you know, there's levels to this thing. So with a cold email loom system, the project is building an outbound email system. The initiative action is recording the audio file, creating the accounts, creating the copy, then the maintenance action is actually checking deliverability once a week, right? Sending emails. You can't just, like, this is where people go wrong. They treat projects that require maintenance action only with initiative action. Case in point, you want to get clients. You want to use cold emails. You write a single email script and a couple of follow-ups. You plug it into something like Lemlist or an automation software, and then you just shut your eyes and then you cross your fingers and you hope for the best. That is approaching a project in your business that requires maintenance action through initiative action because you don't want to do the pain of the work associated with it. If you want to get to 10 grand a month, all you have to do is the actions required to get there. 
for a long period of time, and then the cause and effect relationships line up. It's not magic. There's not, it's not, it doesn't come down to talent. It doesn't come down to some mysterious woo-wah way of behaving. It is as simple as defining what needs to be done and doing it. It's cause and effect. It's wonderfully rational, and you don't need to leave things up to chance. So let's take Easy Grow's product, which is the product I sell to um, agency owners and coach consultants. There's the, the cornerstone of, of my eight-figure income. The project, the project is building the product, right? So I'm like, this is when I was like looking at how do I get to eight figures? And this was like a year ago. No, longer than a year ago. This was like two years ago, really. Because I was at seven figures with Imperium Acquisition, Imperium Agency at the time. And I was like, how do I get to eight figures? Like, what are, what are, the, what are the causes? And how can I lay them out in a, in a linear, coherent timeline, right? And it turned out that the, the biggest one was the product. Like, you know, if the, the product we had at the beginning was, was fine. Like, people went in and, and people would be impressed by it. But it, not, it wasn't the case that every single client that joined was just completely blown away by it. And I was like, it's, it's not good enough. The initiative action here was recording a module called Acquisition Genesis, creating the PDFs, creating the school group. So actually building the product. I had to build it. But once again, there's this entropy thing, right? Where entropy is going to come in. So the maintenance action for these for this product is to host Q&As, manage coaches, engage with the community, update the program when I find new systems and strategies. So one of the one of the best strategies we found for this, you, this, you probably won't care about this, so I'm going to tell you One of the best strategies that I have right now for my info business, for my product, is third-party recording. So if I find a client that starts getting clients using a different method, I will pay them a bunch of money to record their strategies and then that way we have this like this flywheel effect in the product it's pretty cool but that's a maintenance action i can't just build a product and then leave it and expect it to still be great in two years because entropy is just going to chip away at it so organic youtube channel maybe you want to build an organic youtube channel to get business or you know stroke your ego i don't know some sort of um that was friendly fire really wasn't it but anyway um so project is building and growing an audience via youtube this is something you might have to do if you want to get seven figures right so initiative action is creating the channel, branding it, and creating an organic funnel. But God knows there's maintenance action involved with the YouTube channel, right? Ideating videos, recording videos, uploading them, descriptions, titles, thumbnails. It's a lot more work than you might think. And fortunately enough, I've got a wonderful team to help me. So let's actually visualize this. This should change the way I'm hoping, with a bit of luck, my dodgy diagram. I got a E in arts, by the way, um, in school. I had a teacher called... Um, but I won't say her name because people might look her up. Although she was very beautiful. She was a very wonderful art teacher. She was very lovely. But she wasn't very pleased with me, unfortunately. Everything I drew seemed to look like either a sweet potato or a banana. And um, I did leave a lot to be desired on the canvas. But either way, I'm, I'm hoping in some way that this diagram changes the way you look at business and changes the way you think and turns you into a more rational, capable person. There's you. And then there's your goal. And what we'll observe is your goal is out of reach. So you're down here, right? And your goal's up here. And I want you to imagine these steps don't exist right now. But what you can observe is that for you to get to your goal, you can climb these steps. And what are these steps? Well, these are projects. What I'm trying to say here is that between you and your goal is just a set, a set of specific actions, a set of specific actions. And in a second, I can actually tell you what those actions are based on my experience and, and what you'd need to do to, to sort of climb. Right now, you might be blind and you might not see what they are, but trust me, these steps exist. So you must build steps. You build step one, step two, step three. And the thing is, is that what you're doing is you're building the steps with initiative action. So if I zoom in here, right, what we can observe is we've got black squares and we've got blue squares. Black squares are initiative actions. These are actions you take once to complete the project, right? So let's just use the arbitrary example here that every single project requires three actions. So let's say you're hiring a sales rep. So you've got onboarding, you've got training, and you've got interviewing. But there's going to be more than that, but let's just say that there's only those three. So interviewing is an initiative action that you do once to hire the rep. Onboarding is an initiative action you do once to hire the rep. But then in the middle here, we've got this training thing. You can't just give them a script and, and cross your fingers. You've actually got to teach them what you know, right? 
But here's the thing. So for some steps to maintain their structural integrity and not fall down and support your trajectory towards this income, maintenance action is required. Because if step one collapses, all steps collapse. So we know that steps are projects. And we know that as a complete project, we have action. But the thing is, is that you have to build these steps in a linear fashion. For example, you can't really build step seven without building step six. And you can't really build step six without step three. Because you can build step seven, but if you haven't built step one, two, three, four, five, and six, you can't step onto it, if that makes sense. And this is what I see people doing. They start an agency. And then what they do is they build an onboarding funnel. And then they build like their service delivery. And they, they, you, you, the first thing you need to do is just try and figure out how to actually book appointments and get clients and take sales calls. Because if you're building systems and solving problems you don't have to solve yet, you're in some trouble. Let me give you an example. Starting an agency is like driving a car at night. You should only look at what is immediately in front of you. If you're trying to look like a kilometer down the road when you're driving at night, you're going to wrap your car around a tree. So only solve problems that immediately present themselves. Let go of this idea that you have to be solving problems that don't exist yet because you can find those solutions. But there's no point in finding a solution to a problem if you haven't solved the one that's immediately in front of you. Because the way business works is when you solve one problem by completing a set of projects, a new problem presents itself. So once all the steps are built and properly maintained, you will have achieved your goal. So this is how I want you to start looking at your goal. Is there's you and there's your goal and there is a gap. And the way you bridge that gap is by building steps. It's bricklaying, right? You're putting things down. But here's the thing. You, you build these steps, right, through, through initiative action, but then maintenance action is required. So when you build a project, sometimes you've got to keep working on that project or keep maintaining it because if, if, if step one falls apart, then the whole thing falls apart. So you can build all of these things here, right? But if you get to like step eight or whatever this is, like step 10, and you're nearly there, but then you, you drop the ball on the lead sourcing or you drop the ball on like the appointment booking or suddenly like there's like a gaping issue with like your mindset, whatever, because that's another project, trust me, it's a huge project. Then what happens is you fall back to square one. So that's how I want you to start looking at your success is you're, you're, building, you're building bricks, you're building steps, you're, create, you're basically completing projects to do that. That's how you grow. But you do, you're not done. It's not like you just complete a project. It's very rare that a project doesn't have maintenance action. All right, it's very rare. Now what I want you to do is actually start building a bit of a strategy, okay? And I'm going to walk you through in a second here exactly what you need to do and the, the, the macro projects you need to complete to get to six figures. So now you understand the premise of this video and the way of thinking. I'm hoping this is a lot clearer for you. I'm going to share 12 projects. These are the only 12 things you have to do to actually get to six figures. And the thing is, is that the only thing that stands in the way between your goal and where you are right now is the completion of these 12 things. The prudent, practical, and straightforward completion. Let's get into it. Here's how it goes. And you have to complete these in order, all right? So don't try and hire a team before you've done anything. Trust me, tried it, it doesn't work. The first one, project zero, is mindset. Mindset is, is, is the, the cornerstone of literally everything. If you have a problem in your business, it's unlikely that you have a, a business problem. It's more likely that you have a personal problem that is reflecting into your business, okay? And businesses, they kind of act as magnifying glasses for personal issues. So if someone's got like a, an underlying issue with discipline or self-worth or confidence or like belief systems or something, you whack a business on top of them, you'll see them for who they are, all right? So if you want to understand yourself and get to know yourself a little bit better, start a business. It's a very good way of understanding who you are. It will reveal all of your flaws. It will also reveal all of your strengths. You can't really afford to have any mental flaws when it comes to getting into business. If you, for example, suffer with anxiety and you want to build a successful company, well, good luck with that. You have to solve that problem. All right. I'm not saying it's impossible, but I'm saying that there are ways to solve this. 
So what you're looking at here are problems, they all have solutions, and if you act on them in the order, it's great. Now, what you shouldn't do here is, with mindset, there's no such thing as initiative action. Mindset is, is less of a project, it's more of like the foundation you lay for the steps. So it is kind of like a step, is actually like the floor that the steps are beginning to be built on. Because if that floor is made of sand or like, I don't know, jelly or something, for lack of better words, then what's going to happen is you're going to collapse. And at the first sign of trouble, all the steps are going to fall down. So we want to lay a nice, solid, concrete base and a good foundation for the actual building of this business. And that comes from your mindset. But what that does not invite you to do is spend the next 90 days working on your mindset and binge watching Hamza, although I do love Hamza, but binge watching Hamza instead of actually getting to work and doing business. All right, be careful there. The best way to work on your mindset is to work on your business, usually. So project one is lead sourcing. The very first problem that you have to solve and the very first step you have to build on your journey to six figures is how do I find leads? How do I actually get people who are in my niche, et cetera, et cetera, right? Project two is getting interest. So it's taking those leads and actually getting their attention and getting their eyeballs onto your offer and having an offer that is compelling enough for them to think, okay, you've got my interest. Project three is learning how to convert interest into bookings. And these are actual booked appointments on your calendar. Project four is learning how to convert bookings into people that actually show up. These first four projects are about booking appointments and getting people to actually talk to you. Then we have discovery. Project six is pitching and answering and project seven is closing. So then the, the, the first four projects are appointment booking based and the, the following three projects are sales based. Okay, so sales really comes down to three. There's three stages of a sales call. Discovery, where you're qualifying someone and asking them questions to learn a bit more about the problem. Pitching and answering, which is where you explain what you do and answer their questions. And then closing where you handle their objections. You want to learn how to do all of these things because if you can close but can't discover, you're not going to cl like close any clients and sign anyone. Then we have project eight, which is onboarding and project nine, which is client results. Then we have project 10, which is SOPs and operations. SOP stands for standard operating procedure. And then we have team at project 11. What's important to understand here is that these are macro projects. So these are, these are big things that you have to solve. But inside of these big things, there are little things. So we have the macro, but we have the micro. How do you win a war? We understand that a war is basically a collection of battles. So if you want to win the war, which could be, you know, solving the problem of client results, right, and building that project, you have to win the battles. One battle inside of client results is lead nurturing for your clients. Another one is tracking. Another one can be like communication. Another one, there's all sorts of like things that feed into this project, right? So it's like steps within steps. And then you, if you want to build the big step, you have to build like seven little steps. So I'm hoping this gives you the clarity, but I don't want to get bogged down into the weeds here. Maybe I should make a video that basically walks through literally everything. If that would be useful, just comment below. But I wanted to just give you like a sort of flash in the pan. These are the 11 things you have to focus on. So let me tell you something. With your work day, if you're not focused on solving the project that you currently are sat at, you're doing the wrong thing. If you're starting your agency from scratch from the very beginning, the first, well, okay, the first project you really have to complete is foundations. Niche, model, offer. Luckily enough for you, the next three videos that follow this one, niche, offer, and model, right? So I'm actually in the process of making three videos on literally how to set the foundations for your agency. If, you, if you're at that stage, just subscribe. Those videos are coming. But once you define your niche and you've picked the model you want to run out of and you've developed some decent offer, if, you, if you're focused on anything but lead sourcing, just predictably generating enough leads for you to reach out to, you're doing the wrong thing. And then once you've got those leads, if you're doing anything with, and I mean this, if you're doing anything with your day except from getting interest, you're doing the wrong thing. It then begs the question of, well, how do I complete these projects? Well, it's very simple, my friends. All you need is knowledge and execution. 
So to solve specific problems, you need to have specific knowledge. This seems like a, a fantastic segue for me to pitch my program. I'm not going to do that. So don't worry. But my point here is that all of these problems can be solved. And it doesn't matter if you think they can or not, because they have been solved. If these problems weren't solvable, nobody would be successful in the agency space. One of the best things you can do for your mindset and for your belief is to recognize possibility. Because if if thousands of people, tens of thousands of people can solve these problems and become successful, you can as well. All right. So don't you go telling me, oh, it's my niche. I can't get appointments. Or if you couldn't do that, there wouldn't be people in your niche who are already successful. You have to think about that. If there's not people in your niche that are successful, then maybe you shouldn't be in that niche because we want to look for signs of life when we are selecting a niche. Story for another day, that's coming. But these are all solvable and we solve them through acquiring specific knowledge and executing on that. So what you want to do is you want to, like if you've got a problem in business, this is what I do, it's how I solve problems. If I've got a problem, I look to find someone who's already solved that problem and then I ask them, I'm like, hey, how did you solve this problem? Sometimes you have to pay them in order for them to give you that knowledge. And that's like basically a consulting business or a coaching business. That's what I do. But sometimes you can find someone that solved it that will help you for free. And once you solve that problem, then you find another problem. And then, you know, you find someone else that solved that problem. I think this is why Imperium Acquisition has, has been so successful and why we've been able to get to eight fig- from zero to eight figures with like 60 to 70% profit margins in like two years. It's because all of these problems we actually solve for people. This is how you want to run your business, right? You want to solve your client's problem But then you also want to know how to solve the next problem that comes up as a result of them solving that problem. And then you also want to know how to solve the problem that precedes that. And then the same one, and then again, again, again. And if you can do that, you can continue to extract value in terms of, you can continue to add value and extract cash from the business that you're helping. All right, it's one of the best strategies. But for now, let's just focus on the first thing. All right, this is one of the mistakes I see people doing is acquiring knowledge that doesn't apply to the specific problem they're currently facing. Reading is great. Podcasts are great. Self-improvement is great, right? Whatever. Why spend your time spending hours of your time reading self-help books watching self-help youtubers and listening to andrew tate rants when you could be researching how to do lead sourcing most of these problems are, are solvable they're all solvable all you have to do is look in the right place so when you're looking when you're learning things you want to learn around your problem and this is how i do it i don't just randomly pick up a book and just like oh i'll just watch this or do this i'm like what's the biggest issue i've got in my business right now and then i'll focus specifically on that until it's solved and then i move on to the next thing so i'll leave you with that in closing so that's how to build if you want to buy my course or my program there's a link in the description if you're not ready to be sold please don't click it the truth is that i don't really give two hoots as to whether you click it or not we've got a stupid amount of appointments anyway but If you want to learn a little bit more about what we do and how we can help you get clients and solve this problem, we've helped near enough a thousand beginners build and scale their agencies, people who already have agencies get to, you know, six, seven figures. So, you know, hands in the air, I'm here pitching you something, but I'm doing it with um, a lot of pride because I love my product. But in all seriousness, like, I don't care if you click the link or not, just check it out. Have you so fancy. Have a wonderful day and I will see you in the next video.